Coming to you entirely pre-recorded from the Garage of Solitude, I'm Mario Francisco Robles. I'm Brett Miro. And this is episode 151 of the Fanboy Podcast. Brett, what are you watching or playing this week? Well, I actually finished, finally, uh, HBO Max's Our Flag Means Death, uh, which is a mm. uh, Taika Waititi joint. He's in it. I think he like produced it. Um, and uh, a couple other great actors are in it. Uh, very, very funny show. Um, I've mentioned it before. kind of has that What We Do in the Shadows vibe. Although yeah. it is not a uh, mockumentary style a la What We Do mm. in the Shadows of the Office. Um, surprisingly, though, as you get a little deeper into the series, it becomes uh, this like very heartfelt uh, yet still funny uh, piece. And uh, really, I don't yeah. want to like spoil anything because actually it was kind yeah. of interesting how, how it went. But it became this like very sweet, heartwarming kind of show. And I really loved it. And I, I think we just found out uh, they just announced that there will be a season two. It yes, got green they did. Yeah. So I'm very happy. It's a very, very uh, fun, sweet show. And uh, I recommend everyone check it out. Um, as far nice. as what I've been playing, um, I have to I have to confess, last week when I did the solo podcast, I was talking about all these games I was trying to get into. I am having like a really weird gaming vibe lately. I, I can't seem to find one thing that I want to play or that I want to stick with. Mm. I thought I was going to really get into Mass Effect Legendary Edition, and then I just start it up, and I walk around oh. a little bit, and it becomes very daunting and just overwhelming, <laughs> and I can't do it. Uh, I've you know I've uh, dabbled back with Kirby. I'm still kind of making my way through that slowly. I've been still uh, making my way through um, Lego Star Wars: The Skywalker Saga. I just began Episode Seven, so I've beaten the first two trilogies. I'm on fin the final trilogy now. Uh, so I've been doing that, you know, stuff I've been playing already, but every time I try to start something new, I just get a little bit into it. And then I'm just kind of like, eh, uh, the only thing yeah. that's kind of caught me a little bit, um, ironically is not, I have these powerful systems and like, I can't seem to get into any of these like really dazzling, you know, high, high definition games right now. Uh, there's this yeah. game on Xbox game pass called monster sanctuary, which is kind of, uh, it's described as a. Pokemon meets uh, Metroidvania style, like 2D side scroller. So <laughs> okay. you're like, yeah. you're capturing like these creatures and then it's kind of like an RPG. You're equipping them and, and leveling them up and, and all that fun stuff and battling other creatures. But then there's also abilities that these creatures have that you equip on your team and then you can use them to access different areas and, you know, get secrets and explore a little bit. And uh, that seems to be the thing that's capturing, like you know, my attention right now. Um, yeah. Even though I have all these other things, and it's just it's it's weird right now. It's a kind of a drought with games. Um, there's stuff out. There's definitely stuff I missed, but nothing that's really up my alley. And there's not really any big big releases on the horizon. Um, mm -hmm. You know, something that I could really sink my teeth into. Uh, you know, we have all the good stuff's been delayed. <laughs> yeah, all the good stuff's been delayed. And, you know, the only other thing I could think of right now for the time being coming up is uh, Mario Strikers. Um, is it called? Char I don't forget what it's called now. It's the new Mario soccer game, uh, yeah. it, which is like a, a sequel to the Wii one that came out back in like 2008 or something. It came out like 10, 12 years ago. Mm -hmm. But that actually yeah. looks really, really cool. Uh, it's got like this NFL blitz kind of vibe to it and, uh, has a lot of character and a lot of, uh, just a lot, the graphics look really good. It's made by next level games who, uh, more recently was developing the Luigi's mansion games, um, which, uh, just are really technical Marvel, uh, for like considering how powerful the switch is. So, uh, yeah. I'm excited for that one, but that like, that's something I'm going to dabble into. It's not something that I'm going to be spending hundreds of hours in. So 
that's where I'm at right now. Um, I've gotcha. just been lying week after week about all these games. I keep saying I'm going to finish <laughs> or go back 100%. I just can't get into it. I can't go back to Tunic. Yeah. I can't go back to uh, Death's Door as much as I loved and adored those games and I beat them. Um, I don't know. That's no, where I'm at right a liar, now. Brett. I'm a big yeah, liar. So a liar. Well, what's up, what's yeah. up with you? <laughs> For me, well, let's see. I, first of all, I should note that I've had very little time for recreational TV viewing or video game watching between six week old and the, the, the real crazy ramp up of my work season. It's just been nuts because this is the time of year where not only am I doing my usual events, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, but I also do a lot of like end of the school year events and stuff. So in May and June, I'm working all kinds of odd hours doing graduation parties and proms and stuff for all these different schools all over New York. So I've just been uh, completely exhausted for days and days. And when I'm home, I'm asleep or trying to get as much quality time with the kids as possible. So my viewing hasn't been that hot. But since since it has been a couple weeks, I can update that. I, my wife and I finally did uh, catch up fully with the rest of the world when it comes to Better Call Saul, which I know that that's not, you know, I'm still trying to get you to fully commit to the Breaking Bad extended universe yes. or Breaking Bad in general. But yeah, we caught up just as like the, the week of the mid-season finale happened to be when we caught up with the rest of the world. So we joined everyone just in time for a crazy cliffhanger that has, uh, if you're a fan of the show, it's crazy what happened. I'm not going to go into it now. But uh, yes, finally caught up a Better Call Saul. Very happy with that. I got to see the first half of that George Carlin documentary that you talked about last week on episode 150. Yes. I was kicking myself when you brought that up because I am a huge, huge, huge disciple of Carlin. <laughs> yeah, you know, my 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 father and my uncle like introduced me to Carl in the early 90s. I was like eight or nine years old listening to him drop all this wisdom and all this knowledge with all of that colorful language of his. And I was riveted <laughs> by what he had. To me, he wasn't just a comedian. He was a truth teller. And this HBO documentary directed by Judd Apatow really does him justice. I can't wait to watch the second half. But folks, if, yeah. you, if you're into stand-up comedy, if you're into George Carlin, if you've ever read any of his interesting quotes or memes and how they pertain to today, even though he said them like 25 years ago, uh, you owe it to yourself to check out the new George Carlin documentary on HBO yes, you do. Just as Brett told you last week, I'm doubling down on that. Carlin is the man and he's still I would is say the man. even if you don't know him at all like if you yeah. just want a documentary uh to watch on a fascinating person with a fascinating yeah. life and just like so many ups and downs and uh you know I mentioned last week like you'll you'll see the documentary it is incredible how many times this man completely reinvented himself whenever he yeah. got down he was on on like the downslope he swung his way all the way back up and it's uh that's just remarkable in his in its own right. So I yeah. mean there, there is I think a reason to watch this, whether you're a fan, whether you're not a fan, whether you have no clue about him, only an inkling about him. They really yeah. it, it's a really well done documentary. Very true, very true. He also something I, I get a kick out of and I always think about is how he pioneered the the way of approaching stand-up comedy where you'll go on tour if you're a comedian and you're gonna work, work, work until you get your hour. And once you've built your hour, now you basically celebrate by filming your special and releasing that album. And then once that's released to the world, 
Now you retire all those jokes that you worked really right. hard touring and start a whole new hour from scratch. Like that was a Carlin thing. And a lot of comedians to this day follow that format too. And I just think that's cool. Yeah. But um, yeah. So then aside from that, did I lose audio? No, Am you're I here. here? Okay, you got my something got weird on my end. Sorry about that. Uh, in terms of games, I don't know. I'm kind of with you there, Brett. I've been having a hard time sinking my teeth into any kind of game stuff lately. Um, I'll start some things, I'll nibble around the edges of certain things, I revisit old things, but lately, I don't know, the, the, I, I've been having a hard time finding that one game that's like, all right, this is what I'm gonna do until we roll credits on this story at the end, you know. <laughs> but uh, yes, yeah, so I, I ain't playing much and I haven't had a ton of time to see much. But thankfully, we have much to discuss this week, don't we? That's right. So let's get into this week's topics. I'm going to start things off. By the way, I should mention that last week you handled that Superman on film update with grace and a plum. Thank you. Thank you. You really delved all that information real nice and deep for us, you know, because there was so much to talk about, right? So much. But uh, <laughs> this week, this week, at least there's a, a bit of an interesting rumor to yeah. uh, to kind of sift our way through. And first things first, I need to cite where it comes from, because here's why I think it actually there's something interesting about this rumor, because it comes from the rap. And while I don't consider the rap on the same level as other like like Variety or The Hollywood Reporter or Deadline, to me, those three are like if they print it, it's the truth. It's an industry trade. This is what people who actually work for the film business read to find out about what's going on in the world. So the rap, though, to me, is only like one notch below that. So the rap has been hearing some interesting updates about what's going on with ever since the merger between Discovery and Warner Media and how David Zaslav seems to be approaching everything when it comes to DC on film. And in particular... When it comes to Superman. So there's a quote making the round. And I kind of feel the need to, to kind of sift through what's true and what's weird creative BS that's come out of this quote. Because and and I and I kind of feel weird doing this because there is another site. You know, I run Superman on film, but there is you know, a site that's been around forever that I really greatly trust called uh, supermanhomepage.com. And Brett, they've got a headline. That reads, rumor, Warner Brothers scrapping all Superman projects to bring back Henry Cavill. And you hear that, and one of our listeners, you know, Mark, sent me that, and he wants to hear my, my, my feedback on that. But unfortunately, like that rumor, the, the way that they put it, is not exactly accurate. That's not what the rap claimed. So, you see, the rap spoke to an insider there at DC, and the insider suggested that that's what they should do that their superman plans are all sort of in disarray and that they need to essentially you know scrap all the different superman variant projects that are in you know, that are happening and just focus everything on henry cavill now that's just what that's the opinion of a dc insider speaking off the record that sure. is not discovery or david zaslav or anyone who works for him claiming that this is what's going to happen you know so i think it's important as we as we go through this this uh rumor to keep in mind that this is a lot of it is just the opinion of one person 
who the rap spoke to. Okay. But I'm going to read you like the exact quotes that came out of the rap that have some people very excited. Okay. Please do. So, yes. Uh, and that's what I'm going to do. So, if anything, okay. <laughs> so, when it comes to, first of all, when it comes to the whole idea of the cinematic universe, of having some sort of coherent overall overarching plan, it seems like they're viewing Walter Hamada, the current person calling the shots, as sort of a temporary person for now, that he's going to ride out his term while they work on finding that one person. Remember, we spoke about it a few episodes, this right. idea of like a central figurehead who runs DC and not just DC on film, it's DC on film, on TV, and in print publications. This person would be responsible for DC in general, which is kind of cool to know that this person would have that much leeway and that much power. But in terms of whether or not they would try to make it like a coherent shared universe here's some of the quotes that came out of that um if anything they'll go back to individual movies unless deluca who's one of the new co-chairmen uh has some plan then the insider adds they need to get a effing superman movie off the ground and if the plan is a shared universe a henry cavill led superman needs to be the focal point they should scratch every Superman project in development and start fresh with Cavill. So again, it sounds neat, but that's just an opinion. That's just somebody who may have some closeness to it. Maybe they work for Warner Brothers and Discovery. Maybe, you know, whatever. But that's just what they think should happen, you know? That's just so like your opinion, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so that's why it's like I, I saw that rumor and I started jumping up and down, especially because Superman page generally has a pretty good track record of just, you know, just the facts, ma'am. You know, not editorializing, not adding weird clickbaity twists to the information. But yeah, to, to be perfectly clear, there is an insider who spoke to the rap who thinks that that's what they should do. We don't know for a fact that anything interesting is happening with Superman. This is all just in the rumor phase. But my takeaway from this, my overall takeaway from this is that the, the momentum is starting to build. Right? We've been hearing for a few weeks now that Discovery and David Zaslav, ever since they took over, ever since the merger, they've been kind of sniffing around going, all right, what are we doing about our, our tentpole, our mainline hero, Superman, arguably one of the most recognizable characters in all the popular culture for well over 80 years. What are we doing? And why are we allowing him to languish? So we've been hearing that. And now having the rap kind of add to this idea that, you know, something has to be done about Superman and they're hearing that something has to be done about Superman. If anything, it just continues to add to this idea that something's going on. You know, since the merger, they are reevaluating all plans regarding the Man of Steel and some sort of plan is going to be released very, very soon. I hope. I don't know how, the very, very soon part. I don't know, but I know something it's, it just seems like something's coming and I'm getting the sense, which you and I speculated on that, like with the new owners coming in, if they really feel like we need to get a new mainline pop culture, Superman franchise going, they probably don't want all these variant. What if 
alternate takes of the Superman mythology. Sure. They're going to want a traditional Superman story they could sell internationally. So I, I do have a sense that this insider might onto something or their opinion might be a well-shared opinion within the people doing this murder, that what are we doing wasting time making Wonder Twins or worried about all, the, all these other random projects and variations of Superman when we don't even really have a Superman that we could turn to right now, right? you know? So it seems like they're trying to streamline, focus, find out what exactly is our goal here here's what our goal should be and you know they're getting their affairs in order and that's all i really take out of it this continued idea that post merger the new bosses are looking at the plans and 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 streamlining them and simplifying them and going we need a superman in the pipeline that is a recognizable beloved superman and what's it going to take to make that happen and let's keep all these other things in the background while we figure that out hmm. and i'm with all that yeah. So a couple of things, um, yeah. a couple of things out of this. So if you are trying to, you know, fast track a Superman film, um, mm -hmm. if you if if these studio execs and the powers that be pay any attention to like the online discourse and the fan base, they should probably know that the easiest way for the fan base to accept that and to get that rolling is to probably lead with Henry Cavill. Um, yeah. I think for the most part, you know, the Snyder bros and I think the other parts of the fan base are all pretty positive on Henry Cavill. That He was never really like the issue. It was just maybe mm -hmm. the films itself or the way like he was portrayed. But I don't think the actor Henry Cavill was ever the issue as being Clark, you know, slash Superman. So I think that yeah. if they're smart, I think maybe you do stick with Henry and kind of push that forward and get that going. The other thing is something we uh, kind of to follow up on something we talked about a few weeks ago. Um, the rumor on the Tanahisi Coates script was that, if yeah. I'm not mistaken, right, there was like a part in there that said that the way the script is written, it does kind of leave the door open for Henry Cavill. So mm -hmm. that's interesting with this, you know, guy. Obviously, this guy's like we said, he's speculating. He's saying they should move forward with Henry yeah. Cavill and, and do all that stuff. But it's interesting to kind of piggyback those together and uh, and and just wonder what might what might be. Um, so yeah, yeah I, I, I definitely agree. Like, I think that's the smartest way in. You'll keep a lot of people happy. You'll keep the fan base on board, but now, you know, now put him in a fucking film <laughs> that is really <laughs> going to make this character shine the way he should. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. give him his Captain America, the first Avenger, you know, uh, mm -hmm. give him, give him that movie. That's really going to like usher him in, uh, to this age and say, Hey, this is the guy that we have. This is the Superman that, you know, story we're telling. And this is our, our next, you know, several years with this character like this is this is where we're going and uh you know make it make it a crowd pleaser amen amen and in general one of the other big takeaways from that article too is that like in general dc's film plans still seem to be somewhat up in the air which is kind of frustrating to hear because i've been hearing so much about like things being in limbo or there are things getting reboot right. or reset it or a soft reboot or a hard reboot, you know, for some, you know, for the last like six years, we've been hearing about some overhaul of DC 
and to hear that things still seem to be somewhat up in the air, as in like they even reference the Flash, where they say that they're still weighing out their options for the Flash, which we've discussed ad nauseum on the show, so sure. we don't have to go too deep in it. But they did mention that once again they're trying to figure out what do we do about Ezra Miller and and their mental health and 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 the future of the Flash because the Flash apparently set certain things up, but they're still deciding if they want to go down that way. And, you know, it just it still sounds like with the new bosses, there is some further assessing about the future and the plan. Well, and especially I just, with the new bosses, <laughs> you know, especially even, with like, the bosses. it was in limbo before we had new bosses. Yeah. Now you put new bosses in. So it's got to be a giant cluster. I know. <laughs> I just I want the plan to just be rolled out and happening already. Yeah. You know, all this anticipation of what the DC universe is going to look and feel like host Snyder I still feel like we're figuring out what it's going to be you know and hearing that even at this stage of the game now because of the merger things are still kind of like we don't know what happens after the flash on June 23rd 2023 we're, we're going to figure out if we want to do more standalones or if we want to do more shared or what you know it's just like I'm just I, I want to hear that there's a plan and they're sticking to it and they're hiring great people to bring it to life. And there's great logic and passion and thought going into this. And then I could just stand back as a fan and just wait for the great stories to come out. Constantly hearing about how things are in limbo. Or are they going to overhaul the reboot? Are they going to reboot the overhaul? Are they going like, to, I'm just, I'm done. <laughs> I'm yeah. done. Well, they got to do it right. Me. You know, they got to do it so right. I they know. might need, we might be in this limbo for a little longer because when they make that announcement, it needs to be the right one. <laughs> it really does. Yes. 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 Yes, it does. But all right, folks. So that was your, uh, that was your Superman on film update for the week. Just that the rap has added to the conversation, uh, to this idea that maybe they should just scrap everything and focus everything back on Henry Cavill. If they are going to try to do a shared universe thing, stick with the Superman you've already introduced and who fans still care about. So that is your Superman on film update for the week. But now let's talk. It's going to be a bit of a detour, Brett, but I'm taking <laughs> us to another June 23rd release. See, the universe cares about my birthday, Brett. Apparently. <laughs> next year on June 23rd will be The Flash. And on Thursday of this week, Paramount Plus released the trailer for Beavis and Butthead Do the Universe. <laughs> and I couldn't believe what I saw when it's going to begin streaming. It's going to hit Paramount Plus on June 23rd, my birthday. Yes. Uh, now, look, I rarely get to gush about Beavis and Butthead, but back <laughs> in the mid-90s, when that was on, that was the coolest thing I watched. I record. I had VHSs of it. I would record it every <laughs> night, the 10 and the 1030 episodes. I cut out the commercials. I still have the VHSs somewhere. But like, yeah, I Beavis and Butthead to me, that was like the <laughs> height of hilarity. Think about it. I was like 12 or 13 when they reached their popularity. Yeah. <laughs> I was the target demo and they had me hook, line, and sinker. And I remember like my dad taking me and one of my school friends to the movies to see Beavis and Butthead do America and how yeah. awesome that was to see like the little cartoon that me and dad would watch late at night on the weekends now has a movie and we're seeing right. oh, it. Was, you know. So here we are all these years later. We're finally getting a sequel. 
Mike Judge in general has signed this lucrative deal with Viacom where not only is he doing the Beavis and Butthead sequel, but he's also doing a continued Beavis and Butthead TV series as right. well as some additional new like Adult Swim type, you know, humor, you know, animation for adults type stuff for Paramount Plus specifically. Like they hired Mike Judge's epic brain to yeah, oversee are we all of the hill back as well. Isn't that I think so too. Yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. I'm positive. reading about that. So <laughs> So it's like I'm just, you know, inject the Mike Judge in my veins between Beavis and Butthead, yeah. <laughs> between uh, Office Space, between right. Silicon Valley on HBO. Like, yep. you know, Mike, to me, Judge can do no wrong. So uh, did you get a chance to see the trailer for Beavis and Butthead do the universe? I did. And uh, at first I kind of like rolled my eyes when I first saw it. I was like, wow, we're really just, we're bringing, you know, it's the nostalgia train, right? We're bringing yeah. everything back. Everything old is new again. Everything from our childhood. It really is like, I can't believe like how much our generation, like everything is just being recycled. It's wild to see. And it makes me feel old. Yeah. I digress. <laughs> um, anyway, that said, I watched the trailer fully expecting to just be like, oh man, this is so stupid. And it is stupid, it but is. I could not stop grinning like a fucking 13 year old again. And yeah. I was like, all right, I'm, I'm in. It's coming to streaming. Like, it's like it, there's a low bar for entry. I don't really have to invest anything yeah, other than a little true. bit of time. And you know what? It looks fucking stupid and funny and exactly what <laughs> I expected. But like, yep. I shouldn't even say exactly what I expected. Like, I was expecting it to, at least from the trailer, to be a little cheaper. Uh, then it ended up being i'm like oh no this actually looks pretty good it yeah. looks pretty funny so i think there might be something decent there hopefully they didn't blow all the good gags in the trailer um hopefully yeah. there's like a lot yeah, more yeah. meat to it but yeah it looks it looks fun it looks you know all the all the juvenile humor is there there's definitely some like bill and ted vibes with this one which i'm like yeah. all in i'm all in for and uh yep. yeah man they they sound they don't sound weird they sound the same because that's always a yeah. scary thing when you revisit these franchises you're like that voice sounds off but no, it looks yep. it looks to be the Mike Judge production that we would have wanted. So, hey. Yep. Yep. And also just to like, you know, speaking of like satirical minds, because we were talking about like George Carlin and how, who has quotes from 25 years ago that are still perfect. Sure. And how I think about like, oh man, what would George have to say about today? You know, because there are certain people who like, you want to know what that mind thinks of a certain situation. Yeah. And having Mike Judge in 2022 use his satirical mind on the world at large via Bison Butthead, I'm down for that, you know, because that's always been the charm of that show, too. Because, like, on the surface, it's total idiocy. It's dumb teenagers yeah. doing dumb things. But the genius of it is he's actually commenting on the youth of America. And he's commenting right. on stuff about our society that he has opinions about. You know, so it's always been like that kind of weird lowbrow, highbrow. Mike Judge is great at that. And yep. I kind of can't wait to see what Mike Judge has to say about the current shithole we currently are living in yeah, right now. In this okay. country. So, uh, yeah, that's going to be interesting. And, and the, the trailer has me sold. And I guess I'm adding another streamer. I guess I'm going to be yeah. splitting Paramount Plus with somebody soon. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Okay. So. Now this next topic, this one's yours, Brett, because uh, you're you're the video game expert. And on Thursday night, Sony dropped some interesting stuff on us, didn't they? 
Oh, they sure did. So uh, Sony uh, announced uh, just like a few days ago, really randomly, they're like, we're going to have a state of play, which is like their little digital presentation to kind of give an update what's going on in the world of PlayStation. Because E3 was canceled. <clears throat> because Yeah, because E3's gone. And uh, funny thing, too, is, uh, you know, Jeff Keighley is running his Summer Games Fest, which is sort of like the replacement E3. And at the very last minute, Nint- uh, Nintendo, Sony um, actually slapped a Summer Game Fest little, like, you know... Uh, what do you call oh, it? Really? Like label on this thing. So apparently this is a part of Summer Game Fest, even though Summer Game Fest doesn't actually start till next week. So I guess this is like, all right, yeah. it's a little early present and this is a part of Summer Game Fest. So they added the branding. So uh, there was definitely uh, several announcements. It was like a half hour presentation. I just want to roll through real quick on a few of them. And sure. they actually opened it up with something, Mario, that is near and dear to both of our hearts. And it's kind of, uh, I don't know if we've ever talked about it on the show, but it is one of the the reasons we became friends and like started yes. coming into each other's circle, um, yes. they announced the long rumored um, Resident Evil Four remake. Uh, so you know they've been they remade uh, you know one a long time ago. We just recently mm-hmm. got two and three remakes while they've been uh, you know moving the series forward with seven and eight with the first person perspective. But Resident Evil Four is getting that visual makeover with the over the shoulder style, and uh, you know it was very. Uh, they kind of just showed little clips, no real gameplay. Uh, or I don't know. It could have been in-engine in stuff, but it was just very little clips of different environments. And boy, yeah. does it look beautiful. I mean, that that RE engine that they've developed at Capcom is just like unbelievable. I mean, if you played Resident yeah. Evil 7, Biohazard, or, or 8 Village, or like I said, 2 or 3, the, I mean, the, they look incredible. So mm-hmm. I am very excited for this. It's one of my favorite games of all time. I played that game straight through i don't know how many freaking times i played it on gamecube when it came out as a gamecube exclusive i played it again yep. on wii when they re-released it and i've probably done multiple playthroughs on, on each console so yep. yeah I, I cannot wait for this um supposedly they are really because you know uh one of the things i've been worried about is um two was remade amazing but uh for people that played three i never played the original three and i actually haven't played the remake of three but uh, apparently the game was was abridged quite a bit. They cut some sections out, and it was a much shorter game. So I'm really hoping that Capcom understands how uh, amazing the original Resident Evil 4 is and that they are yeah. keeping the entire breadth of the game in there. Um, that's cool if they want to, like, add some things or maybe tweak little things here and there just to keep us on our toes and, and you know, for people that have, like, played the shit out of that game, have something new and exciting. But I really hope they don't, like, remove anything. I hope it's it's just, like, maybe, like, a, you know, if you want to do a little reimagining, you want to expand things, fine, but please do not take anything out. That game is pretty near perfect, in my yep. opinion. Um, it really is. So I, I just cannot fucking wait. So no, the stop right there, Han, yeah. before yeah. you go into further games please, in the please. thing, I feel like since you teased it, I, I, I'm just going to share it here on the show. So the time is, uh, it, it's, it's roughly spring of 2005 yeah. and, uh, I'm in a rehearsal for a musical called the pajama game at Queens college. And by night, I'm staying up very late playing Resident Evil 4 every night during this point in my life because it had just arrived and I was obsessed with it and the whole new mechanic and being Leon Kennedy again and the, the, the crazy setting. And I was just dying for someone to speak to about it. But for whatever reason, a lot of my friends at that time weren't playing anymore. They were all kind of like, oh, I'm 19. I don't play video games anymore. Funny how <laughs> things have changed. Right. But um, but yeah, so. A lot of my friends weren't playing with it. And suddenly I'm at a rehearsal for the pajama game. 
and I start hearing this excitable voice somewhere else in the rehearsal space talking about before it was amazing. This guy's a chainsaw. And I just hear this person really, I'm like, I got to find who that is. And that person <laughs> was Brett Miro. It was, me. and I went over. Yeah. And I, we started talking and we started fanboying over RE4 and lo and behold, uh, it's funny how to think here we are uh, 17 years later. And we're talking about an RE4 remake on our podcast. Yeah, Life's a trip. <laughs> it, really, it really is a blast. So yeah, so yeah, and uh, and we also got a release date. Uh, it is coming out March twenty fourth, twenty twenty three. So we do have some time to wait. Okay. But we gave got an actual date, and uh, surprisingly, just surprisingly, not for Capcom, but just for any video game company. They've been like pretty legit when they've been announcing release dates. They've been Basically, hitting all of them. Yeah, like yeah, the yeah. last several Resident Evil games, I don't think anything's gotten delayed. They've been like really nailing down their production timeline. So um, I feel confident. <laughs> yeah, unlike unlike anybody. I mean, really. Yeah. Um, uh, truly wanted to talk some shit. Microsoft like had to delay <laughs> two of their huge titles from the fall, and yeah. they have no first party games announced coming out the rest of the year. That's mm. fucking bad. Anyway, <laughs> so. Uh, that's that that was the first announcement. So you start off with that. Uh, the next uh, I'm not going to go through all of them. Like I said, there's a yeah. couple that I wanted to pick out. Uh, the next one that was really cool was um, this game Stray. I may have talked about it before. It was announced actually like a year or two ago. They kept showing footage of it. I've been waiting to hear a uh, release date. Um, the premise is you're actually like a cat. And the reason I actually give a shit about it is that you're a little orange, like tabby cat. And it reminds me of my cat, Phil, yeah. who I lost uh, yeah. last year. And I was just like, oh, my God, this is like Phil speaking to me. So you're a little cat and you're in like this futuristic uh, world that is filled with robots. Um, the art yeah. style is kind of like realistic, but it has like this really, really just cool look to the world and the way like the robots are. They look a little like retro and like CRT TVs and screens. And I don't know, it just looks really neat. And uh, yeah, you're like kind of platforming around and exploring and it doesn't look like a combat game you're, you're a cat so you can't really fight things but it looks like there's <laughs> enemies out there and you're just trying to like dodge them and i don't really know anything else about it yeah, but well in the description i read it said you could do lots of cat things like knock stuff down and lick your own butthole so, <laughs> yeah I, I think someone was being snarky i don't know if you okay. could do that but um but yeah but like well, i yeah. hope you can I, I, I i've always wanted a game where i could lick my own butthole. i've always wanted to do that um that's how I you recover health. Miyamoto was always dreaming that we'd get here one day. <laughs> yeah, one day we'll be there. Realistic cat uh, ass licking. Uh, so, yeah, but I don't know. The game just looks very intriguing. I love the way it looks. Um, it's obviously going to be running, I think, on like PS5. And uh, yeah. I don't know if it's announced for anything else other than PlayStation right now. Maybe a PC. But it looks really cool. So, I don't know. If you don't know anything about it, it's called Stray. Check it out. It looks like something that might be you up my alley. You your own butthole. And yes, you can also lick your own ball. That's <laughs> probably the, mo the most important takeaway here is that you can lick your own ball. Uh, and that, I, again, I don't think that's true. I actually hope you can't because that's really going to like, that's going to be the only thing anyone's talking about. And it's going to like totally overshadow. The thing I'm going to do. The I'm going to buy the game just to do Press that. X to lick, <laughs> lick butthole. Uh, now the other uh, announcement uh, is the uh, Callisto Protocol. So this is a game we've known about that's being developed. Um, it's actually, if I'm not mistaken, being developed by the creators of PUBG, or it has some kind of link to them. Uh, that's Player Unknown's Battlegrounds for those that are not uh, in the gaming world. Uh, now also the person heading up this project. Um, if I'm not mistaken, was the creator or one of the lead minds behind Dead Space, which is a beloved oh, survival horror okay. franchise. Uh, 
Resident Evil in space, more or less. Um, and this game also looks like it takes place in space. And uh, from what I've seen of this trailer, it gave me huge Dead Space Resident Evil vibes, maybe more Dead Space. And it looks fucking gruesome and bloody and gory and horrifying and scary. And uh, I'm all in. So the Callisto Protocol, I would highly recommend you check out that trailer. It looks uh, gnarly. Um, interestingly enough, we are getting a Dead Space 1 remake from the ground up reimagining in oh, January. Yeah. Um, EA, uh, a studio at EA, um, I forgot if it's Motive. I don't know which team it is, but they're actually developing it from the ground up brand new. So it's not just like a remaster and they're going to be like expanding the lore a little bit. And the hope is, I guess, that this does well. They will maybe, you know, either do a reimagining of the second one too, or maybe they'll use that to like jump off and make like a brand new, like a Dead Space mm. 4, um, something we never got. So interesting enough that yeah this is coming and this is coming out december 2nd so it's coming out like a month before the dead space remake unless that gets delayed so that's going to be interesting I, there's going to be a lot of comparisons back and forth um but hey hopefully they're both good and we get two new awesome survival horror entries uh to play uh within the next you know six to seven months uh I'll the final thing that i want to talk about i see what you did there yeah uh i didn't actually plan to do that that was good um oh, really? it's actually yeah, no, I didn't do that. Uh, so Final Fantasy 16. So we've known this game is in development. We know it's coming out. We got a nice, pretty new trailer. Um, listen, Square Enix knows how to make a beautiful looking video game. We know that they are just like masters of, of, of cinematic uh, storytelling um, and just the visuals of the game. So uh, what I like about Final Fantasy 16 um, coming off. So I, I'm just to give a little background. Uh, I didn't play like the original NES final fantasy and, and, it's, and it's not something that I like desire to go back to now just because it's very slow and, and grindy and, you know, doesn't have like the quality of life improvements I expect out of a game. Um, I fell in love with the Final Fantasy series from Final Fantasy VI. Uh, it's known as six in Japan in America. It was Final Fantasy called Final Fantasy three. Uh, so that's what made me fall in love with Japanese RPGs and the series in general. Um, I actually did not play Final Fantasy VII when it initially came out because I did not have a PlayStation. I know that's like kind of everyone's favorite. Um, having now played both of them at this point, uh, Final Fantasy VI is better. Uh, don't don't at me. Uh, and I skipped actually a lot of Final Fantasy, so I didn't really actually haven't played that much of the series. But I jumped back on board uh, with Final Fantasy XV, which um, was uh, kind of a mess when it launched. And we know there's like this whole, you can go track the development of that game. It, it was in development hell for years. But um, despite the mess that that game was, I absolutely adored it. I loved it. I fell in love with it. I put like 125 hours into it. Um, wow. I, I did like the extra special dungeons after beating the game. I got all the like best armor, the best weapons. I, I was really, really into it. Um, then we finally got the, finally got the final fantasy seven remake, which was long rumored. And, uh, you know, everyone was hoping for, and I played the shit out of that and, uh, it was awesome. Uh, and, and I have played the original now at this point. So I got to enjoy the remake, you know, and, and actually get where it came from, but that game's also tremendous. And we're waiting on part two of that to come out. So I'm, I'm in a final fantasy renaissance now. I love these action RPGs. Um, I like that they've kind of gotten away from the turn-based but um there are little elements of turn-based in there if you want them you can still kind of yeah. slow down the combat and do that so anyway ff16 now co is coming out and it looks like they're fully going back to this like medieval 
uh, style of the game. A lot of the Final Fantasy, especially okay. recent years, have had this kind of sci-fi tinge to them, a little more futuristic steampunk kind of mixed mm-hmm. with fantasy. And it looks like for this one, they're going back full fantasy mode, which like, uh, you know, nice. might as well. It's called Final Fantasy. So give me that yeah. high fantasy look. Um, it, like I said, it looks stunning. Uh, there uh, has all the big summons that you would expect in this game. They're called icons with a weird spelling because whatever E I K O N uh, instead of uh, you know I think in FF seven it was the yeah. materia and they were called summons. FF six they were called espers. They have a different name for it in every in every game. Uh, but yeah, interestingly enough, it looks like there that's a really big part of it. Um, they looked like there were like giant kaiju battles between the summons, and it Ooh. looked just freaking awesome so i wonder how yeah. that's all going to play out and uh it looks like there's going to be a lot of political intrigue it's about this like new world this new land and uh there's like six different realms with different rulers and each one of them is represented by one of these like icons and uh yeah i'm, I'm really into the story it's actually the director that's uh, been directing the final fantasy 14 uh mmo uh which uh okay. we know when that launch was a giant mess but now is like one of the top mmos ever and it's supposedly it's amazing and they just like totally stuck with that game and overhauled it and like a lot of people are even saying it's like the best final fantasy like it's incredible mm. <laughs> supposedly I, I i don't play yeah. pc games so uh and i think it might be on consoles too but it's not something i'm going to dive into mm-hmm. but yeah uh it's that guy so uh he's got a lot of goodwill after what he did with that game and they're doing that uh interestingly enough though we had rumors recently that the game was basically done it's playable from start to finish and they're just polishing so I was expecting it to maybe like get a surprise announcement to drop this year, but they gave a window of summer 2023. So we have a whole nother year to wait for this game, but uh, yeah. I don't think it's going to disappoint. It looks, uh, it looks pretty, uh, pretty amazing. And that's going to be harnessing like the full power of the PS five. So I am very excited to jump back into my crazy, too much dialogue, wild particle effects everywhere, numbers <laughs> flying out, crazy little bars, doing some fucking moves doing some fucking specials <laughs> abilities maybe having a party i'm not even sure if there's a party because i just see this one brooding like dude with dark hair that's just beat the shit out of everybody looks great i don't know i'm in let's do it ff16 baby so that was sony state of play so that's my quick update um i don't know street fighter 6 was in there but i'm not into fighting games anymore and that's coming out next year and uh, uh one honorable mention there was something called roller drome <laughs> which is like this like kind of animated looking art style but yeah. uh i don't know look kind of cool like you're basically a person on straight up on roller skates with guns <laughs> and you're just like roller skating and doing stunts like it looked like tony hawk meets like uh like a like a third person shooter and i was like this looks kind of weird and kind of cool and uh yeah we'll see like maybe uh, maybe i'll dip into that when that comes out i think that might be coming out in like august or something so could be could yeah. be something fun depending how much it costs. I don't know. Yeah. You know, in all, I feel like it doesn't say much about Sony's state of play when the thing we're most excited about is a remake from a game that came out 17 years ago, you know? But yeah. uh, right. we're really feeling the effects of COVID on game development. Uh, you know, everyone thought yeah. we were feeling it in 2020, 2021, but like now is when you're really feeling it when like most of these developers and companies have probably had games in development and, uh, you know, we're like two years along and that all the COVID and the work from home stuff really set people back. And now this year they're all having to like rescope and be like, yo, we're not hitting a 2022 release yeah. date uh, internally that they planned. They're just not hitting it. And that's why you're, you're not getting these announcements. So 
hey, yeah. uh, it's a backlog year. Uh, you go yeah. into your backlog and play some old games. <laughs> I just I put myself into the into the shoes of the people who have to put together these kinds of presentations yeah. and being like, hang on, really? This, this is what we got. Do we have anything to show? <laughs> yeah, we're gonna show people a remake of a game that came out 17 years ago and has had like four different reissues already. Right. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> I guess that's what we are. That's what we've got. You know, that's what, that's but, what it is uh, now. All right, so that was Sony's state of play, and uh, now we're gonna shift gears on over to Obi Wan Kenobi, and. Yes. Um, like before we get into the review and whatnot, there was some interesting news, uh, an interesting rumor made the rounds this week, courtesy of Making Star Wars, which is a very reputable Star Wars news site. And apparently there is talk of converting Obi-Wan Kenobi from a limited series event that was just going to take place over these six episodes into an ongoing series where there might actually be a season two of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Now, again, this is all still in the rumor. This is just a rumor phase. Nothing's been con uh, confirmed. But according to Making Star Wars, they're also like they're so serious about the this prospect of extending things that they're even currently tweaking the finale so that certain characters are able to come back in season two. So I guess maybe there was going to be a major death or two. And so that certain plot lines that were possibly originally concluded are now actually going to get extended in the finale. If that, you know, if they do end up pulling the trigger on this, which I don't know what they're waiting for. I mean, episode three just aired. There's only three weeks left of the show. When are they going to determine whether or not they want to do season two? I feel like they probably know, but maybe they're just keeping it you know, close to the vest. I don't know, right. but uh, either way, you know, I'm excited because I remember when I was telling, I was talk, I was talking to someone about the show recently, about how much I'm enjoying it so far, and how much some of the interesting seeds that they've planted there. And when I told them though, like this isn't like the Mandalorian that's going to have like three or four seasons. That right now it's supposed to literally just be these six episodes. You know, they were like, what? No, they can't. Why would they do that to us? So it seems like, you know, for those of you who are digging the Kenobi thing and want more of it, it sounds like that may be happening. But um, all right. So look, this week also, when it comes to reviews and whatnot, I did not watch Superman and Lois this week. And Brett did. Brett is a good man. See, I'm going to blame the show. I'm going to blame the CW for getting me out of my rhythm, okay? If if it was supposed, if it was on every Tuesday at nine the way it was supposed to be, guess what I'd be doing every Tuesday at nine? But since right. they like to disappear for weeks and weeks at a time after an episode or two, I'm just out of the loop. So I didn't even realize that there had been a new episode this week. So right. next week when we return with episode 152, we will be discussing this week's episode of Superman and Lois as well as next week's, unless there's another hiatus in here. Um, I did okay. read that there is going to be a hiatus oh, no. before the no, final no, no, no. the finale. So and I don't know like where we're at now, like how many we have left, but uh, yeah, I think we might get like another one or two, and then there's going to be yeah. a wait, and then the finale, which is, I mean, it is what it is, right? Uh, they're trying to work around all the COVID crap, and that seems to just yeah. be capitalizing everything. So 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, the show we are going to talk about this week uh, is Obi-Wan Kenobi, which is now three episodes into its run. And uh, Brett, so what are you thinking so far? You've watched all three. What, you know, what is the overall, you know, is it a thumbs up, thumbs in the middle, thumbs down so far? Yeah, I'll give you some general thoughts. Uh, uh, Two thumbs up. I am absolutely loving it. Um, it is so awesome to see Ewan McGregor back in the role. He brings like a certain gravitas to Star Wars and, uh, he, he really does. And, um, I absolutely love it. I love the way the show looks. I love the tone. It is quite dark. Um, especially after episode three, we'll get into some of the details, but I was like, Whoa, there was some really wild stuff in there. And And then the uh, stormtrooper falls off a roof and just gets (laughs) cut in half by a laser gate. I'm not even talking about that. I think we'll save when we talk about episode three, but that was, that was awesome. Um, so yeah, but yeah, in general, I'm loving the show. Um, you know, so far with these like Star Wars shows, um, obviously Mandalorian has been my favorite. Um, I loved season one of the Mandalorian. Um, I love season two as well, but that definitely like had a different feel than season one. Obi-Wan feels more like season one of the Mandalorian to me. Mm. And Boba Fett, I was like, I think I had stated like I wasn't, I while I enjoyed it, I was not wild about it. It was a little meh for me. Yeah. You know, my favorite episodes were the two where they totally left the whole Boba Fett story and just did two Mandalorian episodes, which that's <laughs> not a good thing for your show. That's called Boba Fett. And, you know, the finale had its moments. There was some cool stuff with, yeah. the, uh, you know, him. He, listen, he wrote a fucking rancor. That was rad. Um, <laughs> but, you know, other than that, that that series was kind of was kind of weird for me. So this is yeah. um, really tremendous. It, it also gives me very uh, much like a Rogue One vibes. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, the way, the way the show looks too, like, just like the coloring and the hue, yeah. uh, I don't know if you like noticed, like some of like, I think like Rogue One and Solo, a Star Wars story. And now, um, especially Obi-Wan have this similar like visual aesthetic to it, um, which I even think is still a little different than even how the Mandalorian looks, uh, mm-hmm. subtly, uh, at least to me, it could just be in my head, yeah. but they seem to have some kind of like unified look to them mm-hmm. and. Um, yeah. I love the the pacing of this. I know some people have been saying it's like kind of like slow, but like he's again one of those things. Like with with Moon Knight, I I did not love that show, but I could just watch Oscar Isaac act for hours and hours. Yeah, and it's yeah, like yeah, the regular, like thing. you give yeah. me all the slow, the just slow, give me time with things, him. yeah, and just give me time looking at his face because he's just like he's he's got a, he's got a, a lot to work with, and he's given. It all, you know what I mean. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I really love what I've seen so far. But yeah, what are, what are your kind of like general thoughts? And then maybe we can start picking into some of the episodes. Sure, sure. Well, actually, since since you're talking talking McGregor specifically right now, yeah. I wanted to say something because like I love his acting and I'm loving seeing him back. And it's 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 such a trip to to see him back in this role after all these years. And he's kind of around the age he should be, you know, considering yeah. it's been 10 years since the prequels and whatever. But one thing that I don't think McCregor has in him, in him, is that ability to seem like a badass action hero type. And to me, like in a couple of the scenes where we see him like clearing room enemies, there's something about it that to me feels a little bit like 
He just he doesn't pull off that I'm a I'm 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 a badass action star type of guy. Like even like Mandalorian, like you know, I know it's not necessarily Pedro Pascal as a person in a helmet, but whatever the stunt performers like Mando looks like a badass, and the way he moves, right. like you know, there's just something about it. McGregor seems a little like I don't know what it is. I I, I don't want to. This is a terrible comparison. And we're speaking positively about the show, but there's something about his movements when he's doing the action scenes that almost reminds me of like Iron Fist with that guy who didn't really learn any martial arts, but had to play a martial artist. And you sure. can tell they taught him just enough to get through those scenes. Sometimes McGregor kind of gets the sense to it. Like he doesn't look like he could convincingly beat anyone up. But here he is clearing six or seven guys at a time. You know, that's my one thing that he just he doesn't have I will that say, hero. I, I I can get that, but I will say, like, number one, I don't think Obi-Wan is that guy. Number two, mm. um, especially in episode three, when we see him kind of go up against Vader, this yeah. is a dude who's been alone as a hermit on the desert for 10 years and is yeah. almost like partially severed from the force at this point. So yeah. I, I really think like the rusty look could be he's a little sloppy he takes a couple of hits he takes some shots um he's only he's just he's smart he's witty yeah. and that's how he gets out of some of these situations um he's yeah. resourceful maybe that's the word for it yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. i will give it that um but at the same time um well finish your thoughts because then i'll kind of maybe yeah. like link it back because there is like a there's something a little weird about some movement stuff in the show uh, but, oh yeah! All right, I want to hear your yeah. thoughts on that. But yeah, yeah. So, something else I'm loving right now too is like getting to spend time in certain locales that we've only ever really heard of or glimpsed in the past. Like getting to to, to spend some real time on Alderaan, who you know for yeah. the longest time Alderaan was just this planet that exploded in Episode Four, and right. then you know in the prequels we get a little bit of time to kind of get to know Bail Organa and Jimmy Smith who by the way I'm so glad he got the call back to play yeah yeah Organa again you know because he's someone who like by the way when he was first coming up as an actor he acted on my family theater stage here in New York he was like you know so oh, I, wow. I feel a certain kinship to Jimmy he's like a cousin you know a distant older cousin so knowing that he's like he got that call and not only did he get to reprise him in Rogue One for a quick moment but now he gets to play him on this Disney Plus series. I'm like, go get him, Jimmy. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, so but getting to spend time on Alderaan and seeing what that place is like, um, you know, I, I I love just kind of having further time or further opportunities to explore these characters and these settings we've only ever just heard of, right? And then this surprise to all this stuff with Leia. I didn't know from the trailers yeah. that Leia was going to factor in so huge on the story. And I'm loving that. And and That one was of the a main cool surprise. Thing, they didn't talk yeah. about that at all. I didn't even see rumors about it. And yeah. I was like, oh, wow, that's that was like, like, that's the thing I love. I love being surprised when I don't have to like see so much shit spoiled on the Internet. It's just yeah. really nice. you get those moments. Yeah. And, and then the thing for me, though, is it's funny. because I saw people write about it. I think I sent you one of the columns on this, but I, I felt it myself just watching episode one, which is when she gets kidnapped. And then Obi-Wan now is put on the, uh, you know, given the task of trying to find her and keeping a low profile because no one can really know why she's so special and all that. Mm -hmm. It dawned on me. I'm like, this is where Leia and Obi-Wan 
establish some kind of bond and relationship. Yes. This is going to add depth to episode four. That little holographic message that's stuck in the R2. Though the, the thing that begins the entire journey, the, the very first Star Wars movie that came out happened because R2 transmitted a message from Leia to Obi-Wan. And in that, there was always like a familiarity with the way she spoke of him, as if she knew that this man could help me. This man yeah. on the outskirts of the universe has enough in him to help me with this terrible crisis. But we never really knew why, right? It's never really, yeah. it's never been shown in a movie why Leia would know Obi-Wan from a hole in the wall. And now this story is going to clearly build on that and now we know why leia when 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 the chips are down when this when the, we're in crisis she thinks of help me obi-wan kenobi you're our only hope and i'm like oh i'm you know i just got goosebumps on the back of my head thinking about yeah. that so yes uh i'm loving it so far i'm big thumbs up i have a couple of things here and there i'm a little on but overall I, this was this has been a worthwhile story to tell, and I'm sure. so glad to see Kenobi back. So now, with episode one in particular, were there any notes, anything that popped out at you that you wanted to talk about? Um, in particular, I just I really like again. Uh, I'll go back to kind of like how dark this show is, and um, I like that they went there and really showing like how much. Obi-Wan has changed after the events of Revenge of the Sith. I mean, uh, uh, I think it's one of the Safdie brothers actually is like that Jedi that's like running away from uh, the Inquisitors and approaches Obi-Wan and says like, you need to like help. And he's just like, I'm not that guy anymore, man. And like yeah. straight up and then like sees him dead hanging from like a freaking sign in the town the next day. Um, yeah. I, I was like, oh, wow. Like, I, I, the obi-wan i knew would never let that happen and this guy is like he's he's really off the path um even in also, episode I mean, three we'll get to that yeah, but yeah yeah even in episode three uh then you know you had uh that was you know a great moment um i love that he's just kind of doing this like mundane like job he's like a butcher basically or he's just like carving yeah. out uh but you know being a butcher and um the other part i thought that was uh pretty neat uh what was it it was uh totally lost my train of thought uh that was super cool that i loved about it um <laughs> oh the owen yeah that conversation was so great um and yeah, the whole mother. yeah you know you know he's like he and I love Ewan's voice too. He's like, when the boy comes of age, he must be trained. <laughs> and he's like, like you trained his father. <laughs> and I was like, oh, you're such a dick, Owen. But, but you're it's right. funny though, because if you go, like, like Uncle Owen has like one or two scenes in episode four. And he always comes off as like cantankerous and rough around the edges. He's going to tell you yeah. what he really thinks. So I love that Joel Edgerton now gets to play that Owen, you know? Yeah, like yeah, I'm like, oh, I, he's totally, I totally get why he's that guy. And then, uh, yeah. you know, they they had that. They've been so good. Uh, Deborah Chow, I think, has been directing every episode. And like, wow, mm -hmm. yeah, give her, give her the reins, man. She knows what she's doing. Like that tension uh, when the Inquisitors are there, and she's in Owen's face, and is just like, someone tell me where the Jedi is, or I'm just gonna kill this dude and his whole family. <laughs> like I was like, whoa. And that still doesn't get Obi Wan out of the shadows. It's crazy. yeah, and he's still 
doesn't yeah. go out. Yeah, I mean, they exactly. did some really amazing characterization uh, in that first episode. Um, did you have anything yeah. for the first episode before we talk about the second one? Well, the, the the only thing is, is we're talking about the Inquisitors. I I'm not um, I'm not fully sold on the third sister. I feel like there's something about like her design or her performance. I'm not really sure. Like it's not coming together for me. You look at the three Inquisitors, right? You have Rupert Friend, who looks like this crazy like pinhead without the pins alien yeah. creature. Then you've got like the Asian guy who's got this crazy like helmet and alien looking skin face and his voice is all uh -huh. augmented and then you just have this chick in black with like regular hair just talking like you know like everyone around her looks alien and somehow super stylized and scary and sith like and for her to i feel like her design is a little it's just some lady talking to me I don't know. Well, Something about like yeah. her stuff is not really landing for me. If she's supposed to be imposing or scary or, or something, I'm not getting it yet. So I don't know. Or maybe right. that's not what she's supposed to be. Maybe they're setting her up to be a sympathetic figure. There was that interesting moment in, in episode three where she sees a thing on the wall of that underground it's railroad. It's the Jedi, Jedi. Uh, logo, their emblem. Yeah. But she seems like moved by it. It makes me wonder, are we going to yeah. find out she's like Mace Windu's like daughter or something? You know, so maybe she's a hero. I don't know. But yeah, so I have a theory a about villain? that. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. So I have a couple of things. So, because I, I, there's actually been a lot of discourse around her online. Unfortunately, a lot of oh, it. I know people are being a dick. Yeah. I'm just not, I'm being not, really yeah. shitty. Um, yeah. And I can understand if, it, if it's not clicking for you. So, for me, so a couple of quick things. So, um, Jedi Fallen Order, that game that came out a few mm -hmm. years ago uh, that takes place around this time period, um, has yeah. the second sister, and she's like the main bad guy. And she actually okay. is just like um, – she. I mean the way the character is portrayed is just like um, a, a female, a human female of like Indian descent. So okay. it doesn't bother me that Reva is just like some just regular person. person. Okay. Yeah, because like they, they, they have that. They, that's in the ranks. Um, gotcha. Also, I think actually – and actually I think group of friend like – I think he just looks stupid with his weird German Hitler pants. And actually, so for me, I think he looks stupider than everybody, my opinion. Um, so that's number one. Number two, then, you know, in the first two episodes, Riva had a total of like five minutes and 50 seconds of screen time. And everyone's bitching and moaning about her characterization. I'm like, she's been on screen for five minutes. Calm the <laughs> hell down. Um, then episode three, great point. I was going to bring that up. Um, when she does go into the tunnel and sees the yeah. uh, Jedi emblem, there is something there. And now I yeah, want to take you back to the opening on. of the first episode when there were a bunch of oh, children escaping Order 66. And yeah. there was a little black girl there. Um, so I have a very strong feeling mm. um, that she was probably and they mentioned too something that like a lot of the jedi younglings went missing and were never seen again and something like that so um i find it very possible that she did end up getting caught and then hmm. was brought into the fold to become an inquisitor you know become a, a sith and uh and then eventually work her way up to an inquisitor she's incredibly ambitious um the thing though that's kind of annoying is uh, and you mentioned I, I have a feeling they are going to set her up for a redemption arc and I'm just so sick of seeing that. Like we had the yeah. Vader redemption arc. We did it with Kylo Ren again, which I, I really hated that they did a redemption arc for him too. I wish they just kept him evil. Um, Cause I didn't feel like it was even earned by the end of, you know, the end of that new trilogy. Um, and it just, it just kind of played out that thing. So 
I kind of hope they they. It looks like they're gonna probably go that direction, but I hope they do like a little twist and it doesn't happen. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. Uh, in the third episode, I thought she showed a lot better. Um, again, I didn't have a problem with her in the first two episodes, but I think, yeah. and maybe I don't know if you agree with me. In the third episode, she was definitely a little more of a presence. And um, I'll say that she was more yeah. of a presence and uh, more of her motivation. And I think it's cool to have like someone in there in the ranks there that she's like, you know, well, even in the second episode, right? She killed the freaking Grand Inquisitor. Possibly. We don't know that for sure. Yeah. 100%. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think that's kind of cool that she's like really going it because she wants to impress Vader. I, I don't I don't have a problem with the character. So, yeah. Did, did you notice that Allie Alston from Superman and Lois is also in this show now? She was in there as one of these alien-looking inquisitor types in, in the third episode. Oh, is she the, the one, other female alien the other, with the weird thing? Yeah. That is her. I thought Did she looked third, familiar. That's yeah. so funny. I could be wrong, but the face, look, it looks exactly like her. I'm, I'm almost positive that's her. Quite possible. And, and again, to me, like she was another one. All the people in this little league of people who are hunting Kenobi are some kind of heightened alien form. And then there's just Reva. I think this was my yeah. one thing. I just she stands out for being just so plainly a human lady who I could see at the store on the corner. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, episode two. You know, I don't remember much specifically about it. I remember that's where finally now Obi Wan he goes and he makes the rescue, and we kind of get to see Obi Wan out on assignment doing his thing and being. Yeah, we're in uh, Dayo, which is kind of like a Blade yes. Runnery looking. Uh, it kind of looks yes. like like the the shady parts of Curuscant. Uh, Curuscant. Yeah, I, I freaking. Well, to me, it looks almost the soft sea. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm not sure either, honestly. But it's curious to me. Let's go with that. Let's go with that. But to me, it was almost too much like Blade Runner. It was almost like, all right, we get it. You, you, you're going yeah. for that kind of style. Like, okay. I'm a sucker for that look. So, but yeah, but I get yeah. it. It was a little too too close. But yeah, it um, like Star Wars doing their version of Blade Runner. Like, all right, fine with the flying cars and the noir looking yeah. streets. And yeah, I get it. I'll accept it. Uh, Kumail um, Nanjiani. As the Jedi Con man dude, was actually was really, really good. Doing the I loved thing it. I loved it. It was good. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, we should I mean, also talk about randomly. I was like, is that fucking Flea? Oh, <laughs> it's yeah, Flea from Flea the Red Hot Flea Pepper. Shows up and he kidnaps Flea. Leia. Kidnapped yeah. Leia. And he gets, so he gets Obi-Wan and then Obi-Wan meths him. He just throws Star Wars meth at him <laughs> and he escapes. <laughs> it was awesome. And it's like, it, Flea's funny because, like, not only is he in now the Back to the Future trilogy, one of my all-time favorite things ever, yeah, but now yeah. he al also is in the Star Wars galaxy. So who knew? He gets around. Flea, yeah, Flea's been around. Yeah. Speaking of, he unfortunately met, met uh, a poor end. <laughs> he, he, yeah, things well. did not go well for him at the end. He got yeah. drugged, and then he just got like helicopter bladed by a lightsaber. <laughs> His face went off. You know, um, that's what happened. You know. It is what it kidnap is. Leia. It's what you deserve. But um, also something, just a subtle thing. I love that before the first episode, first of all, at, unlike all the other shows, it actually, it's the only one that opens with a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Yeah. Because this is the first one that's like really connected to movie character. You know, Mando really, yeah, obviously it's he was original. And then even Boba Fett, that was its own, you know, they were going a unique way with it. But this one gets the legit a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. And then it recaps the entire 
prequel trilogy showing like the the core arc of of obi-wan and anakin which was like by the way that was beautiful that was done really well yeah and it hit all the important beats yeah and it gave me the friggin feels man (laughs) it set you it set you up perfectly and it's like it made me think about even like when peacemaker debuted and the very first episode it says previously on the suicide squad because again What is the lead into Peacemaker? It's not another season of Peacemaker. You know, it's right. this movie. And what sure. is the lead into Kenobi? It's not anything anything else anyone's seen. It's episodes one, two, and three. So I just love the idea of for all these movie spin-off TV shows to have a previously on that includes the movie. I just think that's kind of like a new novel way of telling these stories. And when I was having that conversation with someone about how like they should give Kenobi a chance and so on and so forth, I they mentioned like, oh, but I haven't seen the prequels in forever. I'm like, don't worry. They recap everything yeah. you need to really know about that relationship gets recapped in the first like 90 seconds. So you don't even right. need it. So I just wanted to point that I, I love that sure. I love hearing John Williams' music in there. He yep. he made an a, an original theme for Obi Wan, and they've also since this is set firmly in like the Kenobi slash Skywalker verse. I feel like they've been a little looser by inc- when it comes to incorporating music motifs from the original trilogy. You sure. know the newer movies don't the, the newer TV shows don't do any of that because they're supposed you know they're they're covering new ground. Right. But since we're in Kenobi, there have been some great little standout moments of like you get to hear some of that original trilogy music, and I'm all yeah. about that. Um, I'm also all about getting to see Anakin again, seeing Hayden Christensen back in this role when they showed his crazy looking face right before the credits rolled in Episode Two. I was like, oh. Yeah. I couldn't wait for episode three to finally come out. And then yep. episode they three. They getting assembled, and- you know, the arm coming on and yeah. like all that getting suited up. It was, it was really, really rad. It was, that was rad. And then even like when Obi-Wan looks and he thinks he sees him in the distance and it's not Darth Vader. It's just, it's just Anakin as he remembers him in a dark cloak. Dude, I got chills. Chills. Right now. Like, chills. My, yeah. my, hand, my, like, arm, the hairs of my arm are standing right now. Yep. That was oh I mean we should talk real quick too. Like while we're getting into the Anakin Darth Vader stuff, I want to talk about all yeah. that. Um, but uh in the end of the second episode, when Reva reveals to him that Anakin survived, it hadn't even dawned on me that he that thought he, he was fucking dead this entire time for like the past oh, like what is it, 10 years? Is it is it that long? Yeah. He didn't even years, yeah. know. It's been 10 years. He thought he and died on Mustafar. They had this friggin' just close up on his face and you and McGregor just acted the shit out of it. And I was like, Oh, Oh, I felt all of that. It was, that was really, really well done. So then, yeah, then we get into episode. Oh yeah. You want to comment on that? No, I was just going to say, and like even piggybacking onto that, the tension and the fear is palpable in episode three when he senses him. Remember that moment where like they open up the underground railroad tunnel, you know, they're going to escape. And all of a sudden he gets like dizzy and woozy. He feels this crazy like disturbance. And mind you, like you said, he's been a little cut off from the force. He's trying to like distance himself from the Jedi order and all that stuff. But this breaks through all that. And he almost like, you know, can't stay on his feet. And then when he's looking through the the door and seeing him down the, the corridor, you could feel the sweat and the fear on Obi-Wan yeah. realizing like, whoa, 
there he is. And while I've spent 10 years hiding and letting my skills get rusty and I've been just trying to forget all that, he's been completely basking in his hatred and just yeah. getting stronger and stronger in the ways of the dark side. So he also yeah. knows too, like I can't mess with this form of energy. Yeah. You know, and when they later on have the fight, he it's it's clear that Anakin has just been getting stronger every day these last 10 years, while Obi-Wan is not he's not that guy anymore. He's yeah. a far cry from that guy. So, so let's talk about awesome. <laughs> yeah. let's talk about episode three when Vader shows up. You and McGregor, uh, Obi-Wan is looking at him through the little slits in the door. He sees yeah. him and the people, he's just throwing things around, forced yeah. throwing things out to clear ways and see it. You that one guy neck. comes, dude, the one guy comes out of the house. He holds him up and like just chokes him out, just straight up chokes him out and kills him. And it looks like it's like his son comes out and he, dude, when that happened, I went like, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> like he should have yeah. just like and snapped the kid's neck. It was like a teenager, man. He just snapped his neck. Brutal. I was like, whoa, this is what they're good. Oh my God, it's this Vader. Like he's we're dragging getting an old lady or something too, yeah, right? He like was dragging like a, a lady across the floor. Out. I was like, whoa, they're not messing around. So then, yeah, we, then we finally have them meet. And, um, there's this one. So there's a moment, uh, I, I don't know if I'm hearing things. I listened to it like 50 times today, but for me in my head canon, I'm going to go with this because, what have it you become? Made me feel all kinds of things. So when he says, "What have you become?" He comes back with, "I am what you made me." Now, I don't know if it was in my head initially when I first watched it, and then, like I said, I, I listened like twenty times yeah. today before this podcast. <laughs> but when he first says, "I am," I could swear you hear a little bit of Hayden Christensen's voice on the I am before yeah. it clicks fully into the Vader voice. And for mm. me, it gave me chills because for me, it was almost like yes. he yes. mustered everything he had to speak that without the stupid machine and the voice changer and like get that out. And I don't know, like I listened to it a million times today, but there's something with the intonation there. And I'm like, I was actually talking to, um, SMB Ryan on Twitter. He's like one of the friends of uh, you know yeah, Batman yeah, on yeah, film. Yeah. Uh, I think it's Ryan Haas. Uh, is, 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 SMB is Super Mario Brothers, by the way. He the, the, he's he loves yes. the. Uh, I know movie. he's a big Mario Brothers movie. Fan. Yeah. <laughs> um. So he um had mentioned you know he put that line on there and then I commented I said I don't know if I'm crazy but I heard that and he was like yeah there's definitely something vulnerable in mm -hmm. his voice there and he's like and I, I heard really it. want to see the behind the scenes yeah. and yeah I mean go back and listen to that one part when he says I am you actually hear the Anakin's true voice and then yeah. it clicks back into the robot thing and for that yeah. like I just felt so many emotions I was like oh my god like that was him like giving everything to just like talk out of this stupid machine that he's become. And yeah. it really was like, for me, it was like a really emotional moment. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean like the whole time he's one handing Obi-Wan. If you notice, he just lightsaber with one hand the entire time while Obi is doing everything he can, changing grip yeah. on the lightsaber to try to hold him back. And yeah. Vader, like, listen, Vader, we see in that whole entire, that whole third act that lasts like 10 minutes, He's which was like merciless. so tense. But yeah. he also like, he could have probably just killed Obi-Wan right there, but he wanted well, to and that's what I was, yeah. play with him. 
And uh, that's it's sick. <laughs> and that's what I was getting <laughs> at, though. Like, in other words, they establish that he's merciless. You know, the, the the way it looks like he just killed a man and his son. He, you know, he just terrorized this this village trying to j- scare Obi-Wan out of the shadows. Yeah. And very clearly he could demolish Obi-Wan if he wanted right now. Yeah. But it's almost like he doesn't want to do it this way. Like, it's, like think about it. Imagine you've been waiting to get revenge on someone forever. And yeah. you finally get to them and they're just a shell of themselves. And like, this would almost be too easy. This wouldn't yeah. even be satisfying. It's almost like, pathetic, you know, like, yeah, it's like, Oh, this is what I've been waiting to do. So like, you could tell like, there's almost a part of him that like, what's going to be to like, yeah. come on, where's the real you? Where's the one who beat me back on Mustafar? You know? Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, the, 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 there's so many cool angles to this, Brent. Yeah, it's, I want I want to really talk about the voice in general, though, too, because yeah. I think that there is some some magical Hollywood trickery that I don't think they would even reveal on the making of show, because look, James Earl Jones is amazing. He's a legend, but the man's in his nineties. And he's credited, he, by the way. I think you might say that. He's but, good at it, but, but what I'm going to say is, though, is like in the episode as the voice. Yeah, no, I credits. know it's him. Yeah, yeah. I know it's him. That's, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. But when he voiced him in 2017 or in 2016 for Rogue One, you could hear the age. You could hear he was a little softer. Yeah. It didn't have the same power. So how is it now? Five years, he sounds like the Vader of old, right? Yeah, they so did I some. I feel like stuff. I think they did a thing. And listen, with modern technology, you know, you could essentially make like a filter. Like we were used to, like video filters. I'm pretty sure Lucasfilm has made like a badass Vader filter, so that they could yeah. take James Earl Jones's voice and make it sound even sharper and more, you know. Vader yeah, listen, if they could do what they did with Luke's oh. face and Luke's yes. voice, they yes. 100%, 1,000% used that technology to sharpen that too. Um, yeah, because to me, yeah. it's night and day. If you go back to Rogue oh, One, yeah. I remember it was cool. Like, oh, wow, they actually got him. But you could hear like, mm, but maybe they should have got a sound alike. Yeah. You, know, <laughs> you know, but right. this time around they got him and no, I have no regrets that he sounds like Darth Vader. But again, I would not be surprised if it's all just like, it's some computer program that takes the voice and yeah. makes it sound however they really want it to sound, you know? So I'm, um, I'm curious too, what you think. So we have like three episodes left. Yeah. Um, yes. Obviously we saw that one shot of Hayden Christensen as Anakin in that like little hallucination that Obi-Wan had when he was looking off. Um, and we've seen him like all scarred up and getting suited up quick. Do you think like we'll actually see Hayden as Darth Vader? Like maybe he's going to have the helmet off and talk to him or like, do you think we'll get yeah. that? Cause it's just like, are we just going to see Hayden Christensen as Anakin in these like weird hallucination things or like, it maybe some kind of flashback that they do in a future episode. Um, and we know, we know it's him in the suit walking around and he yeah. had like um, a physicality like helper to like, make sure that he's matching the movement of Vader. Apparently they went like real hard into that, but like, do you think we'll get to like, see him outside of the suit a little bit all scarred up and maybe communicating in some way? Cause I, I um, my opinion, I want to see that. <laughs> I would love yeah. if he the helmet off and they have like a fight like that or something could be really cool. I don't know. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, see, I have a feeling that we haven't seen the last of him in like human form. You know, that that, that cloaked sort of uh, illusion right. that Obi Wan saw in the desert. I wouldn't be surprised if now that he's confronted him, Anakin maybe shows up in dreams or in other stuff where where. Obi-Wan is trying to reconcile what happened between the two of them, you know? Right. In terms of seeing him in his current form, helmetless and talking, I'm not sure if we're going to get there in three episodes. I don't know. It just feels feel like, like, that was- like you had Hayden Christensen and he is in the suit and Vader. Like, we should maybe you get a show glimpse him. of him. Like, maybe show him. And, and not just like a quick little shot, but like maybe show him. Maybe a little bit we get him with the yeah. top of the helmet off or something and, and him, you know, confronting Obi-Wan. We got that one crazy shot with the eyes and the face as episode. Yeah. Two. But he's in the tank. He's in the back to tank, uh, yeah. back to tank or whatever. So it's yeah. like, I don't know. Um, the other thing I wanted to jump in real yeah. quick too. Um, so if they, you know, they were very uh, specific on the scenes they showed in that recap, you know, before yeah. we get into the first episode and um, we get the shot of Yoda telling him that he's going to teach him how to communicate with Qui-Gon, with his master. And we've had a couple of shots of him trying to reach out and contact Qui-Gon to no avail. Are we going to see Liam? Are we going to see Liam? Dude, we're going to see, we're going to see holographic Liam Neeson. I, I, I I just, I don't think you do that. And I want it. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I don't think you do the tease unless you're ready to deliver on it. So, and he uh, is coming yeah, back to voice Qui-Gon in the Tales of the Jedi animated series that's coming out. That was just officially oh, announced. There There's yeah. going to be uh, Qui-Gon stories of Qui-Gon, I think, training. Did he train under Count Dooku? Or, I think he did. I think he, he did. did. So th- I think yeah. that is one of the, the sections of the episodes. They're going to actually go back and show younger Qui-Gon. And apparently mm-hmm. Liam Neeson is cast as voicing him in the animated series. So I'm like, so they <laughs> must have got him back for this too. It's like that only adds and more for- credence to it. Yeah, and for and, and for a force ghost, which is a little blurry and obscured and glowy anyway, you could have 73-year-old Liam Neeson, whatever he is now, you know, yeah. he'll look just like he should because Yeah, they can de-age him a little so bit. A he actually illusion. he looks yeah. really good for his age too, actually. So he, does. he might he totally does. be fine. <laughs> yeah. Put the goatee yeah, on, yeah. make the goatee a little thicker, get rid of those lines right here, you're all good. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Oh. Um, and just in general, too, the, I, I think the, the other thing I want to hit on in episode three that I really liked was Leia seeing perhaps her first real female role model for like woman fighting for good and who has to go undercover and has to do things to try to make things right. You know, yeah. that I, I forget the character's name, but the one who, you know, helps spring them out. Of yeah, I don't remember the name either, yeah. and, and then she basically leads her down that corridor and teaches her about how they've been helping, you know, hide all these Jedi and get them into new lives and whatever. During those little scenes where Leia's asking her questions, you could tell like Leia's looking to her and this is someone who's going to influence who Leia grows up to be. Yeah, because back in Alderaan, she kind of has a sheltered life and everything is like, oh, you're a princess and you're this and you're that. But here on this adventure she's having with Obi-Wan, she's learning, you know, important things. It inspires her for the resistance, for the rebellion. Yeah, exactly. Even that thing, too, about like the Empire. I thought they were here to help us. And Obi-Wan's like, yeah, well, you know, it used to be that way. But now we've sort of lost it. 
and uh, everything's gone to hell. It sounds like today, doesn't it? It sounds like the government today. You know, like they were supposed to help us. Um, so yeah, uh, I, I, I just I I seized on that thing where with the female role model, with the way she was watching her and piecing together the importance of this mission. You could see how like this sets up Leia to want to grow up to be a freedom fighter and fight against the empire and what you know, at all costs. Right. You know, so I love that, and I'm looking to, I'm looking forward to seeing where that goes. Do you have any more Kenobi thoughts you want to share, Bretterson? Well, I have one more thing. I want to circle back to yeah. we talked about the the rumor now that Obi Wan is not going to be just a limited series. It's oh, going to yes. be gone for more seasons. So. It, first of all, like we still have three episodes left, so it's so fucking early because I don't know what the story is ultimately, where it's actually yeah. going to leave off. You know, the assumption was always that we were going to get to this Vader Obi Wan showdown, and I don't think Episode Three was. It. There is going to be another meeting of them for sure, like a thousand percent, where they actually really go at it. Maybe uh, Obi Wan will get some of his Jedi groove back, and it'll be a real a real fight this time. But yeah, you know the way just how dark and emotional this series has been so far. And I fully expect it to continue that. Um, it just seems if it is going to end with that, like, you know, them meeting, having a battle, obviously we know they both live on. So like no one's going to die in this. And uh, you know, Obi-Wan then goes back to his solitary life on Tatooine. It seems like weird almost to have a second season. Cause it's like, you're not going to rehash this, again and have him run into yeah, Vader yeah, yeah. again because that's going to sour it so it's like then it's just like somewhat just like some random like are they just going to like make up some rando adventure for him to go on while he's on Tatooine again I mean like, there's always the possibility I just don't see like of... yeah how is it going to hit well, the yeah. emotional heights that this series is going to hit I feel like I'm I don't know you. where you go from here you know that's what I, I you know the only place I could see them possibly going is we wrap up the Vader stuff here and we leave the Vader stuff alone because going back to that well too many times is going to lead to diminishing returns. But what if the rumor of Darth Maul comes back and it's more he's mm -hmm. the bad for, for season two? Because remember, they did seem to set him up as being a presence in this world at this time. Because yeah, Solo, Solo, a Star Wars yeah. story, takes place during this same chunk of time between episodes three and four, and it's like it's a, you know, it's it's several years before episode four because he's still young Han Solo, but it's also several years after episode three, so it's still somewhere in this general range, which means that Darth Maul and his robot legs are out there somewhere. You know, the Darth Maul who's pulling strings with uh, Amelia Clark's character and all that stuff. He's right. out there. So it would be and interesting. supposedly, I guess, not involved with Vader or the Emperor. So he's yeah. doing his own yeah. thing. Uh, presumably, so he's not go... like chilling with other Sith. Like he's just got yeah. his own whatever going on. And what would be interesting there is, as far as we know, there aren't further, further plans for Darth Maul, right? So this season, he confronts Vader, but he can't kill him because we still need Vader to be around. In season two, he could kill Darth Maul because we don't really need him anymore. They could finally make that call and have him defeat that boogeyman if they do want to go back and bring him back. You know, I don't know. Right. I don't know where they're going to go, but I guess... Yeah. You know, the Darth Maul thing seems like an in, like a viable path 
You know yeah. what I mean? The only other thing so, is like maybe like maybe they could um have Obi-Wan like hunt down like the rest of the because like as far as we know by the original trilogy there are no more inquisitors. So yeah. maybe we have Obi-Wan oh, go after all the Inquisitors, but I feel like that's still gonna make you run into Vader. Like how would Vader not be in on that? Because he like yeah. is the direct control, like you know, he's the head of the Inquisitors, I guess. Like he's that's mm-hmm. kind of his crew. So I don't, yeah, I just yeah. don't like know, but it's it just um maybe they should I just I, end it after six. I kind of like I kind of like I kind of liked that it was gonna be a limited series. Yeah. Like not everything needs a fucking sequel and a continuation. Like if they make this like really nice tight knit six episode arc and it's yeah. satisfying and I, I halfway through, I'm very satisfied. So if they can continue yeah. that, uh, maybe that's it. Like, that's cool. We done, you know, like we don't need to yeah. go back to the well again. Um, the only other thing I could think of too, is like um, we have the Ahsoka series coming out, which we know takes place after the original trilogy and that Mandalorian timeline where she's hunting down Grand yeah. Admiral Thrawn and stuff, but she is around at this point too during mm-hmm. this Obi-Wan series because she trained That's under true. Anakin before he turned to Vader. Yeah. She also had a fight with Vader, I think, in the Clone Wars uh, TV show. She battled him, mm-hmm. uh, I think, if I'm not mistaken. So she, like, I wonder mm-hmm. if like they could, maybe maybe yeah. him, Obi-Wan, and Ahsoka could join up and then like hunt the Inquisitors down uh in you know in the second series so like that could be a thing too they could do Mm -hmm. i don't know yeah i guess i guess we're just gonna have to see but we have three more episodes of kenobi to get through we'll be reacting to them each week along with superman and lois episodes and you know what today the boys returned on amazon and in fact if you were paying attention to your amazon app last night on june 2nd one night early, they dropped the boys three 24 hours early. So uh, that might be a show that we're also going to have to watch week, uh, weekly and talk about because I love me some of the boys. Yeah, so. I love it. So I think we should definitely add that to the rotation. Yeah. And with Superman and Lois see me done like in, in another four episodes and another five hiatuses, uh, we're <laughs> going to need some stuff to talk about. So, um, but yeah, so I think that about does it for episode 151 of the Fanboy Podcast. Brett, how can people find you? You can on find me media. on the Not Twitter. Yeah. yeah, you can't find me there. You won't find me. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at SuperBrettCon. And uh, yeah, that's the only place I'm really doing anything. So just, yeah, find me there. <laughs> Good. You can find me at uh, Superman on Film, all one word. And you can follow this show right here at The Fanboy Show over on the Twitter. And if you have not yet uh, liked or rated or reviewed the show, please go ahead and do that. We have yet to get a review since the reboot that includes your thoughts on one Brett Thomas Miro being here on the show with me. So come on, let's let's break the drought. Let's get some fresh reviews. We'll read them out loud. They'll make Brett happy and they'll make we him need to capitalize lick. on the algorithm. Okay. When you comment, you when you review, it it does stuff to the algorithm. It puts us in front of more like-minded people's faces and it helps us grow the show. So there please comment, go. please review, please subscribe, please share, do all the fun things. And uh yeah, definitely, you know, again, don't forget to uh what we have an email address, don't we? Don't forget to email us at thefanboypodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we love yes. uh, listener-submitted topics. It helps make the show better. We love to hear your feedback there, your suggestions. And, uh, you know, also hit us up on Twitter at all of our, uh, you know, 
lovely uh, t- uh, handles right there. And uh, we'd love to communicate with you on there. Yes. And if you do that, if you if you're the person who breaks the drought and gives us a review that includes Bet. Brett and I will then start a petition to the makers of Stray to make sure that they have a butthole licking option in that video game. That's we will make how serious sure. we are. Yes. <laughs> so until next week, be kind. And stay fanboy. Adios. So long.